Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Fast 10. Winning used to be about winning. We would race for respect. But today, I race to end the bloodbath. Hello, I'm J-Law, but you can call me Justin, and if you're joining us for the first time, well, we are Geekcentric, a podcast covering the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for today's spoiler-free review, he's my ride or die, and he's still a buster, Mr. Nate <laughs> Shelton. How are you? <laughs> How am I, Justin? The words ain't even been invented yet. <laughs> I am. I've been living my life a quarter of a mile at a time. Yes. Uh, this past ten days, I've just been steeped in yep. fast and furious. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I'm. I'm. I don't know if if I'm any faster, but I'm definitely more furious. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, like recently over the last ten days, you know, you've been watching this this franchise. You know, from yeah. start to finish, uh, I, I'm calling it the the quarter mile marathon, if you will. I love it. Um, and <laughs> the uh, only marathon, the, the only marathon I'll actually do. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. I wanted to know before we get into talking about Fast Ten, uh, what's been your experience with this this franchise for the first time? How, how have you been enjoying it? And uh, any any takeaways? Yeah, man. I mean, I've been on the road to the beginning of the end of the road <laughs> for the past X days, uh, and I you know what it's it's funny I I I think um and we'll obviously talk about it but I I really do feel like um the this series has a lot of ups and downs I think for a series that is you know it's it's how old is it at this point it's it's like it's 22 years old it's 22, 22 years, old. years old um yeah. you know I think it it's it, it, I'm 50-50 on on the overall enjoyment the overall success rate is 50 50 which really to me kind of points out that they should have probably ended this like you know five movies ago or or four movies ago but um i i think i think i've i've been enjoying a lot of the the campiness the cheesiness and at a certain point of watching these movies back to back to back because i you know you watch them years apart from each other Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think things, you know, you, you had a bit more of an uh, you could have a bit more of an appreciation or, or a, um, a, a, nos, a nostalgia. See what I did there? Good one. Uh, Good one. For, for the movies. Mm -hmm. um, whereas for myself, a lot of it started to blur together when you're watching these things back to back to back. Um, and so I don't know if that actually may have hindered my overall experience, but I'm I'm kind of at a place where I'm just yeah. like, you know what? It, it peaked at five. And and I still think that's the case. Sure. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I, you know, like like you were saying, uh, the Fast and Furious saga is is 22 years old, and I've been following it since it started. I've seen every movie in theater except nine because of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, mm. But you know, again, this is a this is a franchise that I, I hold close and dear to my heart. Uh, you know, fast cars, heart pounding action. You know, strong emphasis on family. Come on, like this. 
the series is a cultural phenomenon, man. A lot like, of it, butts. It, it, a lot There's of a lot of butts in the franchise. Oh, dude, it's so many butts. <laughs> we usually, within like the uh, first first four minutes of watching one of these movies, I'm just like, oh yeah, you okay. get to like one of those hype is. like race like race parties, and yeah. there's just there's just a lot of TNA everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Um, but you know, like this this movie had humble beginnings. You know, being sort of a, a Point Break style teen movie uh, with fast cars based in L.A. and Fast and the Furious kicked off this franchise uh, about s- street racers who mm-hmm. uh, have evolved then into globetrotting thieves, you know, performing impossible stunts, and, and each installment pushes the boundaries of, of what's possible on the screen and what's possible with cars uh, at the end of the day. And, you know, over the years, the characters have evolved. Uh, some have passed, passed away. Some have returned. Uh, but, you know, the strength... Of, More than once. I, I think... I think, yeah, of course. But I, I think the strength of six of the films from, from one to six uh, was the relationship uh, with Vin Diesel's uh, Dominic Toretto and, and the late Paul Walker, Brian O'Connor. Mm. Uh, their friendship on screen and off screen served as an emotional anchor for the saga. So for myself, with, with Furious 7, this, is, this was a hero send-off. Uh, as, as the Fast family said farewell to the character of Brian and Paul Walker. And, and in my opinion, that's where the franchise should have ended. Uh, however, mm. that didn't stop them from coming out with Fate of the Furious and F9, uh, both of which just were absolutely absurd. Craziness dialed way the hell up. Mm-hmm. And there was a, definitely a shift of focus to like more of this like over-the-top action, which is kind of... Superheroes. Yeah, they're exactly. They become synonymous with yeah. the Fast and Furious saga. But, you know, it continues to deliver thrilling entertainment that keeps fans coming back for more with, you know, next level action adventure and a killer soundtrack. It's a franchise that honestly celebrates the joy of speed, the power of loyalty and the enduring strength of family. And, you know, I think that these are the things that you can take away uh, from the franchise outside of the silliness because it is silly at times and that's kind of part of the fun of it uh, that is that is part of the inherent franchise uh, if you will um, but with that said our thoughts uh, on the franchise let's get into talking about fast 10 a huge thanks to our friends at universal studios canada uh for inviting us out to this early screening which was a fan event which was totally great to actually see oh, with a really so much crowd fun. to get uh, there was cars parked out front i will yep. say really quickly we 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 uh, drove together to go to this this screening uh at a theater that we don't normally go to and on the way we <laughs> saw we passed by a like a truck on fire <laughs> and a a black Dodge Charger. So in my mind, I was like, "Oh, they're they're the family's already come through here." Like, we're, yeah, exactly. We're, we're in yeah. a Fast and Furious. All movie. signs were pointing to ten. Let me tell you. Yes. <laughs> um, for our listeners, getting you up to speed, um, let me let me just read you this lovely synopsis, which will also outline who's starring in this movie. So the end of the road begins. Fast Ten, the tenth film in the Fast and Furious saga, launches the final chapters of one of cinema's most storied and popular global franchises now in its third decade and still going strong with the same core cast and characters as when it began over many missions and against impossible odds dom toretto played by the one and only vin diesel and his family have outsmarted outnerved and outdriven every foe in their path 
Now they confront the most lethal opponent they've ever faced, a terrifying threat emerging from the shadows of the past who's fueled by bloody revenge and who is determined to shatter this family and destroy everything and everyone that Dom loves forever. In 2011's Fast Five, Dom and his crew took out the nefarious Brazilian drug kingpin Heron Reyes and decapitated his empire on a bridge in Rio de Janeiro. What they didn't know was that Reyes's son, Dante, played by Jason Momoa, witnessed it all and has spent the last 12 years masterminding a plan to make Dom pay the ultimate price. Dante's plot will scatter Dom's family from Los Angeles to the catacombs of Rome, from Brazil to London, and from Portugal to Antarctica. New allies will be forged and old enemies will resurface. But everything changes when Dom discovers that his own eight-year-old son, little B, is the ultimate target for Dante's vengeance. (laughs) Directed by Louis Leterrier and written by Justin Lin and Dan Mazzo, Fast 10 stars the returning cast members of Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Gibson, Chris Luda Bridges, Natalie Emmanuel, Jordana Brewster, Sung Kang, Jason Statham, John Cena, and Scott Eastwood, with Oscar winner... Helen Mirren, and Oscar winner Charlize Theron. The film also features an extraordinary new cast, including Oscar winner Brie Larson as Tess, a rogue representative from the agency, Alan Richson, uh, who plays Ames, the new head of the agency, who doesn't hold the same fondness for Dom's crew as his predecessor, Mr. Nobody, and Daniela Melchior as a Brazilian streetcar racer with a powerful tie to Dom's past and legendary Oscar winner, Rita Moreno as Dom and Mia's Abuela Toretto. Um, so this, yet again, has garnered a massive cast uh, returning. And then we have some some new members. Um, let's, let's get into talking about this. We usually like to do these things with what worked and what didn't work. Usually when I host, I like to kind of set it up with sort of a pillar structure of, of three things that we're going to talk about. So today we're going to talk about the story the characters, and the action. And within all three of those, we will give you what worked and what didn't work. Just a reminder, this is spoiler-free, so you don't have to worry. We're not going to be spoiling any of the end credit stingers like some people have been online. If you want to find that out, you can do so very easily on Twitter. So let's kick it off by talking about this story. And I'm just going to kick things off by saying, you know, as I outlined in that synopsis, this does connect back to Fast Five, and I think that really does work for this movie it works a lot in that it connects back to uh, the best we, one we talked about yes the, the the movie that peaked the the franchise mm-hmm. the the best of the franchise and it it reconnects with some of those characters and and that storyline and it really does make it more engaging because of how much appreciation i think all fans have for that movie um so i i enjoyed that i i liked that they pulled in a character like like Jason Momoa's Dante, and and they they tied it back to to Reyes, the the villain that they had in the fifth one. I think it works with at yeah. least again getting us hooked in. It, it it is a bit of fan service, but I, I think at this point, as we re- get to the end end of the road, it's welcomed. Well, and I think I think it's in my opinion, I think it's the 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 best uh, implementation of a villain. I mean, we'll get to Momoa's character a little bit later, yes. but yes. as far as like bringing in a new villain, this mm-hmm. was a really great way to do it. And I, I, I felt it was, you know, it, it 
yes, it was fan service, but it actually it made a heck of a, a lot of sense, um, f- you know, for for oh, yeah. this franchise, and I think it it made sense for this movie, and I I. I I think it worked. I think there's a lot of times where previous villains, you know, I even think back to like Hobbs and Shaw, where it's just like the, he's the bad guy and he's just the bad guy to be the bad guy. Whereas here, it it felt like it was purposeful. It felt like it served the story, uh, and it felt like it it really fit the theme uh, of family. It did. It definitely does. And um, you know, I think the other thing too is that they they do they do a great job at kind of rounding out how and where this character was, you know, when the events of five were happening. And I think that that has handled really, really well and set up really well so that we have an understanding of who this character is and why he's been, you know, as I was mentioning in the synopsis, planning this grand scheme for the last 12 years. Well, I think, I think that's the thing is like it, it almost adds to the gravitas of the threat that he wasn't mentioned before. And again, I know that's kind of a cop-out answer, but it does. It kind of adds to it to the point where you're just kind of like, oh, wow. So, you know, he's been hiding in the shadows. He's been studying every single moment of these people and their lives. Uh, And that's just what really makes it, he makes him a a scarier villain. Um, Aside from the villain, you know, I think one of the big things to to note with this movie, if you think you know what's going to happen in this movie, you're probably right. Like, you're probably right. And that's okay. Uh, the movie has fun with that fact. And 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 I think, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. Why do they have to travel the world? Here's a reason. Why yeah, do sure. they, you know, why do they need to get back in the cars? Here's a reason. And and it's, it's I, I don't really think that there's, that that matters um, as much. No, it doesn't. So just not keep, anymore. Keep that in yeah. mind that, like, the you're, you're not... You're not going into this movie at this point if you if you're a fan of the sure. franchise thinking like there's going to be a deeper reason behind this. Again, thankfully mm-hmm. that is the case in my opinion and, and your opinion for the villain. Um, but as far as the actual narrative is concerned, um, it is it is uh, it, a lot of the reasoning is paint by numbers. For sure, it, 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 and I think, like you said, it's it's the tenth movie. It's in the franchise. We've grown accustomed to how things work. Um, there needs to be very little explanation that needs to surround as to why these things are happening. It's just, it's happening. You know, the pacing is, uh, of the film is, is relentless. There's, there's no shortage of, you know, little, uh, little surprises here and there. And, and, uh, you know, some, some twists, if you will, that at times had my eyes rolling, like that are a little silly, um, and, you know. and predictable and unoriginal, yeah, exactly. Very predictable, yeah. very unoriginal, as I was just about to say. Uh, the plot takes us, you know, as you mentioned, on a globetrotting adventure that, you know, seemingly transitions between different stunning locations. But in my opinion, this is where the story kind of doesn't work, it, is that the team is, is, is stretched a bit too thin uh, across, you know, four or five, I guess, different plots that are going on. But, right. you know, which makes the pacing a bit more of like a, a stop and go. Right. But yeah, when things are going like they are like full on cranked, like just they are they are high speed. They are crazy, um, which, again, I, I'm, I'm also wondering if it's kind of a product of of what this movie is designed to be, because as we know, you know, there's this is the the beginning of the end, as, as they said, the beginning of the end of the road. But there are, you know, two movies or apparently three movies, if, if you consider what Vin Diesel said. But uh, uh, 
let's just go on the basis that at this moment that there's two movies. This has that Infinity War, Empire Strikes Back, Back to the Future 2, or even Matrix Reloaded. Like any of those movies, they were, they were designed with a follow-up in mind. So right. this movie is designed with that, which is why maybe some of those you know, plots and, and some of those storylines might have, have kind of, you know, taken a side sideline because we might follow up with them with whatever part two of this movie comes out. But that said, it it does kind of feel very heavy handed with with certain characters taking the focus like Dom rather than others, because uh, I really enjoyed, I guess, the more secondary characters like Tej and Ro and Ramsey. Like they're really, really great altogether. I, I would have liked to have seen a little more focus on that rather than just the heavy handed Dom story. I think there's a lot of moments, though, where like a lot of moments where the it, I did find it um, like it spins its wheels a little bit like we. We, we, we lose uh, pace in moments where it feels like a forced injection of humor. It feels like yeah. a forced injection of emotional uh, scene. And, and and some of them work, but a lot of them do fall flat on their face. And and even the, the, the humor at this point, you know, I was definitely chuckling along throughout the movie. Um, but there are some moments where I, I was just kind of like, they were absolutely pointless um, and if they had yielded a bigger laugh, they would have been worth it. Uh, there's a scene with an actor who cameos in this movie. Um, I'm not going to spoil it. Let's just tell you, though, that drugs are involved. Uh, and, I mean, I chuckled a bit, but it didn't... I don't know what it added to the story other than just to have that happen. And it it, uh, there, it really felt like with a few of these moments, uh, back to back to back, it felt like it the, it was just beefing up the runtime unnecessarily. And the movie, you know, is actually one of the shorter ones uh, of the franchise in comparison to some of the previous ones we've gotten. But those were the moments where I was just kind of like, you know, if I was at home right now, I might be on my phone. And and that's not that's not great, in my opinion. Sure. Have scenes and moments that matter versus things that are going to take you out or, or slow down the ride, if you will. Right. Because I definitely agree. I think that there are moments from a pacing standpoint where things, like you said, are injected for the purpose of just either emotional hits or uh, humorous hits, whatever it might be. But, you know, that said, again, I know we just spent some time talking about the story, but I don't know if many people are really going to these movies now for for the story uh, as much as they are going to go for the characters and the action. So let's start talking about the characters and let's talk about Jason Momoa as Dante Reyes uh, easily the most eccentric villain we've gotten from the franchise. He has the right balance of manic, psychotic tones that are very Joker-esque. You know, everyone's saying it. It's it's very Joker-esque. It's it's almost more Heath Ledger-esque than it is Joker, I guess. Like, it's, it's his portrayal. Um, mm-hmm. Very, very flamboyant, very over-the-top. But man, was it welcomed. It was refreshing. It was probably one of the highlights if not the highlight of of the movie. Uh, I think it it really fit. And I don't know, like, you know, you gotta think when they're watching back in some of these moments with this with 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 uh Momoa as he kind of does his his song and dance, if you will, uh, if they chuckled and it took them out. Because in our audience, a lot of people were laughing. Like we like oh, yeah. I was laughing a lot and and like I, I guess that that's again part of the experience of the fast saga is to chuckle at some of the absurdity of this and you know again i think just momoa embraced his character he had fun with it showing that 
as an audience member, everyone should just have fun with these movies. So he's having fun. Have fun with it. Yeah, he looked like he had a blast making yeah. this this character. And I think it's it's the exact amount of uh, bombasticness. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm going to make it one. Uh, I think he's he's the right amount of crazy that the franchise needed since jumping into the superhero genre. I, I feel yeah. like a character like his, it, it would be too much <laughs> in uh, earlier Fast and Furious movies, in, 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 you know, in one or even potentially even something like four. I think he really, really, since they made the jump to, you know, space <laughs> and they're, they're, they can't get hurt uh, and it's impossible to, to even get a scratch on them, as Roe thinks. Um, I, I think he, I think Dante was a really, really, um, I think the, I think might be the best villain uh, that we've gotten since. Oh, he again, is, that, he is a hundred percent the best villain in the fast franchise. And, you know, yeah. like you said, they've crossed the line. I think it was after, it's probably after seven where they crossed into the superhero territory, right? right? Like they needed to evolve and they needed to, you know, have this, this, you know, no holds bar action uh, adventure style that, that they were going for. And yeah, I think that, as you said, his character uh, of Dante Reyes is well matched in, in this world of, of, superhero car drivers if you will <laughs> well and as as ridiculous and silly as he can be uh you know he does like a, just, just a though, yeah. He, he yeah there's moments where he's very cutting and he, mm -hmm. he cuts to that seriousness that again even in that moment is a little bit laughable because of just how overtly serious he is um, mm. but you know, you then, you then cut to a scene where he's painting his nail, his toenails and he's got pigtails and I'm just, you know, he, he, I'm, people are giggling every time he's on screen. Um, I, I think, you know, he knew at this point in the franchise that he can't go too far and he exploits that excellently with this character. Mm. Like he know, like they know that like at this point it really they can't go too far with it, and, and I think he had a lot of fun. I think uh, Jacob, played by John Cena in this movie, is a second, very close second favorite for me. He's given a very different task in this one, um, and this is a a post-Peacemaker John Cena, and this version of this character works so much I, better well, than the sure. brooding, angry yeah. version of Jacob yes. that we had. Yeah, that's 100% agree with you. I think that they, they realize that. Because yeah. I don't think he was a great villain in in Fanine. As a villain, he he was actually weak, and I would have rathered him come in as a hero, as a military guy that was on their side right from the yeah. get go. I think that that would have been a better play uh, because here he's 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 charming, he's funny, uh, he's he's very sweet. I wish we had more of him. His his role and his task is is actually more sidelined than you would think, and I, I you know I think that that's actually the one detriment in terms of the character aspect that I I, I wish we could have seen more of him. Do I mean yeah. I wish he could have been more and in, more involved in in things, and um, that that's that because he was so so delightful and he's just underutilized. I feel like, and I would have loved to have seen more of him. Yeah, I think though I think as far as you know, what situation can we put him in to get that version of the character? I think it actually worked really well. It works. I, I agree, I, though. I, I, yeah, he was yeah. he was he was too good that you wanted more. He was like, yeah, exactly. you know, it's like yeah. it's like you got a small piece of cake. You wanted a big piece of cake. I get Oh, yeah, I get exactly. It. I wanted more. I wanted seconds. So yeah. it's it's yeah. definitely that uh, we can't not talk about uh, Vin, Mr. Diesel, Mr. Dom Toretto. 
you know, he brings his signature intensity and, and gravitas that's just at this point is so natural to him. It just reminds us, you know, why Toretto is such an iconic character. Um, you know, he just he's just so natural and fluid with it. Um, but I, I'm going to give my hat off to the the chemistry between the ensemble cast like that. This is with Ludacris, uh, you know, uh, Tyrese, Michelle. Mm-hmm you know, just all of them coming together, even Sung Kang as, as Han, like they found a balance of being comfortable with these characters and knowing that they're, they're essentially extensions of themselves. So the mm-hmm. humor and, and stuff just, you know, like, like you said, like those moments felt forced in the movie, but their interactions re- with each other did not feel forced in my opinion. I think that they were very natural. Um, it yeah. was just, oh, yeah. you know, again, their comfort with playing these characters for so many years. Um, but again, as, as I was mentioning before, it just felt like their story was very subplot. It, it wasn't necessarily as important. Um, and it just feels like a detriment to those. It seems like a misuse of those characters. Um, but again, this is a very Dom heavy movie. So, yeah, I mean, he's a heavy guy. Um, but also, I, I think, you know, there's there's, uh, you know, we get Daniela Malquire, uh in this movie. I won't spoil who she is or, or, or how she's necessarily related to it. Um, but I think, you know, there were, there were three new faces that, that come to mind for me that felt very much like a, a, you know, very much like, um, I think Ramsey did in, in the, the first introduction of her character, but even, even she just kind serving of, a purpose. Yeah. Like it, it kind of felt like they were, they were just sort of there to move the story along. Um, and yep. you know, for me, that was, Daniela's character I think also Brie Larson as Tess um I will say of the three between her uh Daniela's character and uh, Alan Richens character Agent Ames I will say I think Tess was the highest on my list as far as yeah, those side characters but yeah. but she just all three of them felt like they were there to move things along and especially were, yeah. with with Agent Ames um Alan Richen is just like didn't feel like he belonged in this story he didn't really I didn't really enjoy his character at all that much and felt very uh very clunkily handled and and had a very unoriginal payoff at the same time to the point where I was just kind of like I I get that maybe that's like kind of like a callback but I I just I don't know man I I couldn't I I I didn't really enjoy all three of them yeah I think he was he was very half-assly written um yeah like to your point, he had to serve. He had to serve a purpose. I think he served that purpose. Agent Ames, you know, it's just such a basic, basic name. Um, yeah. So, like the actor himself, Alan Richardson, is is he, fine. It reminded me, like, like okay, not as bad as like Gina Carano's character. <laughs> like at least, at least yeah. this guy had like lines in the movie. But for sure, but still, it, but Gina, the Gina entire was brought time, on was for just... muscle, right? And like this right. guy, and that's what this, this guy, guy was brought on for as well. But was he? Like, you don't really get to see that much really go on with him, right? Like, he's definitely There's like one fight scene. He's, he's replacing he's replacing Mister Nobody, right? right? And like, honestly, like I think the most charismatic of the three, the most dynamic, the most interesting was Brie Larson's Tess. She is refreshing and and she has fun with it as well. I think, again. There, she was there for a purpose, very much like mm-hmm. Kurt Russell was as Mr. Nobody. Just there, you know, adding a little bit of that star power and that gravitas, if you will, for, for who Brie Larson is. You know, she had fun with it. Um, I will say, though, I, 
I don't know if I fully agree with you on the rest of the cast. Like, I, I think by this point, the bar for admission is how they acted in this movie. Do you know what I mean? So it, it to me, because of Momoa being so, like, shining so bright in this movie, it almost, you know, cast a bit of a shadow on the rest of the cast where I'm sort of watching them. And even with, like, Rose's character this time around, a lot of his comedy didn't really work for me as it has in the past. And I feel like, I feel like they, a, a lot of the characters were, were almost just playing it too earnest, too serious, which I, again, I know that they do that a lot in this franchise, but when you have Momoa playing into the silliness as much as he is, and even Cena at times playing into the silliness to go back to those moments where they are trying to just be so overtly serious, it's it's a and I don't know if it works every single time. I'm not saying they can't, you know, be serious within this world and it should just be all comedy or all jokes or all silliness, but it, right. it just at times there were just moments where I'm like, with a lot of these characters, it was just what I expected, and and I I, I you would hope for more in the tenth movie i don't know i i feel again it's a comfort well no but i think that there's a comfortability with these characters like they don't need to reinvent themselves every movie and have to do it they're there to be tej no but they need to add maybe something new after 10 movies maybe but i i honestly don't think that that's up to them do i mean that's up to Mm. writing to do that right like it's not up to them to be like oh we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna reinvent the character you know that comes up to writing and as we were saying it's clear that the writing, the writing of their story was very secondary. And like you said, these are characters that we've known for some time in this franchise. But here comes Jason Momoa, who's mm-hmm. being given a, a, a brand new character who can do whatever the fuck he wants with it, right? right. Like he and he can say, "I want to play the character like this," and they they're going to be like, "You know what? That's refreshing. That's different." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. From everything else that we have, I think we could we, that that'll really work. And you might be right; it, it might be shadowed, but that goes back to what I was saying before, where everything is spread with the story. Like all the plots are are spread pretty thin, you know, across four or five different stories. And really at the end of the day, this is a Dom heavy story. So we, you know, those moments that we get with those other, those side characters feel a little more, as you said, filled in, if you will, like they're there to remind us that these characters are doing something else that's in relation to the larger story. Again, it's a very infinity war, right? In the same idea of how infinity, but in infinity war, every time it moved from one set of characters to another, I didn't mind. Whereas in this one, right. I kind of wanted to stay with mo- exactly. you know, some of the cast more than exactly. others, right? Exactly. Yeah. Then, and that's and that's completely fine. But there's also you know a whole a whole other element of of the MCU that's at play there, and the dynamic of which characters are with. You got Thor with the Guardians and stuff like that. Here mm-hmm. you have the same collection of characters together, right? It's right. Ramsey, Roe, and Tej. On doing their own thing, right? And right. then it's you know fucking Dom and facing bad guy and Letty doing her thing, you know like it's just again it was it was all really spread out, um, and I think it's it, it I think that might be the detriment overall t- to what you're talking about to to why these characters felt so just like, like lean. I don't know, like it, it just seemed natural to me. Like their their chemistry seems natural. Like it seems like it's comfortable. Maybe maybe t- what I see as comfort, you see as laziness in in a sense, right? Is, is I wouldn't like, even say laziness, just not... just boring. You know what I mean? Like again, boring, lazy. Yeah, I I I think, I, I think, I think they're best when they're all together when they're a family for sure. 
But like, you know, just give well, me a more picnics. Yeah, That's yeah. what I want. That's what I want. <laughs> I want to go to more yeah, picnics. For sure, barbecues is what you want, not picnics. Yeah. Jeez, a lot of action right. at barbecues. What are you, a 10-day fan? Jeez. Um, <laughs> all right, let's get into uh, our next topic here, visual effects and action. Um, look, I'm just going to say it. The visual effects and the cinematography are nothing short of of awesome. There's some some cool stuff that they they try to implicate. Towards the end, there's some CGI that gets a little questionable, but it's actually, I think it might be a bit more of a callback to the first one uh, yeah. with, with setting off NOS, where it's just like a, a crazy zoomed-in macro uh, camera whipping effect. It's it's intense. Um, CGI in that was a little was a little dodgy. It kind of took me out at it. But explosions, top notch. Cars doing some crazy ass shit. Like you can see it in the trailers, man. Fucking Dom takes down two helicopters, and I was just like, wow, that is intense. And that mo- that moment like hits you in the in the theater when that explosion happens. It's pretty yeah. intense. Yeah, I, I I will like I think for the the action. It's it's one of the it's one of the things I liked most and and least about this movie actually. Like I think the the it it keeps up with with what you would expect from these movies. I think um there's a lot of it. There's a lot of really big explosions. We actually do get a street race in this one uh which is nice, which is nice to see and it's it's done differently than you'd expect um which was refreshing. Um, I do find, though, I think the narrative, like the narrative, I can give a pass for cheesy callbacks. And and even if they do them over and over again, and even from like the previous movie, like like they'll just do a callback. And it's like, that was just one movie ago. Like, calm down. Um, but I think with the action callbacks, to me, that's where it started getting in its own way a little bit, where where I I did find that, yes, I get it. It's an homage to that action moment that you saw or that action moment that you saw. But to me, I, I actually felt like they didn't do too much new uh, outside of something that happens at the end that I do think is really, really stellar and really, really cool. Um, mm. But other than that, I did feel like it was, I don't know. It just, it, it, it there was not anything within the action to me for the most part, again, except for at the end that stood out as something that I was just like, I can't stop thinking about, um, but overall, you know, when you're when you're just sort of looking at it as a a, a big movie, yeah. and you're there to have fun, and you're there to 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 see people jumping out of cars and and landing on cars and flying through the air and and all that stuff. Sure, it's it it definitely does a serviceable job with the action, but I didn't I didn't yeah, find I'm that not it sure added what anything you were new. expecting uh, in regards to <laughs> oh, I was <laughs> expecting, to the action. I was expecting like. Dude, we went to space the last time. Let's. I want to see things like in space, falling out of space, traveling through time. Sure, why not? You know what I mean? Why not? Like, I want to see. You know, even even in even in nine, the 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 magnet stuff was the stupidest thing in the world. But at least it was different. You know what I mean? Whereas this didn't. I didn't get enough different in this one. But that's yeah. I think I. I maybe. So okay. So it wasn't different enough for you. And and for me. I think the the amount of callbacks and and the the sort of homage that was paid to some of the moments in the past it worked for me. Um, I think it worked really really well. I think that they didn't spare any expense with the explosions and and showing how the car can be both you know a vehicle and a weapon. 
Um, and I think that that's, that's always been the strength of the franchise is, is finding new ways to do that. And also a tool it, again, it's, it's the fast and furious. I, I, I don't know what, what many people are expecting, um, in terms of it, but uh, you know, again, the explosions were, were the, the amount of, of shit that blew up. That was pretty nuts in this one. <laughs> they sure. definitely elevated the stakes on that. Totally. All right. Well, we've run that quarter mile. So I think it's time we've, uh, give our final thoughts. And our rating, which will be out of one to five tanks of NOS. Oh, all right, Nate. How many tanks? Tanks of NOS. I don't know if I'll need all all five, but um, like we said, this franchise peaked at five. That's still the case. Um, but I will say there were a lot of smiles to be had with this one. Um, I think there's. You know, there were there were definitely moments uh, that myself and the crowd were laughing uh, at at moments that I know the writers didn't intend for us to be <laughs> laughing at. Uh, and there was one specific person in in our audience that was just laughing at anything, anything that happened on the screen. A character turns their head one way and they started laughing. It was just it was a, a bit distracting. Uh, but I think you know, for the moments that didn't fall flat. I, I enjoyed some of the elements of humor. I, I think the reason you go see this movie is Jason Momoa. I think he did such an excellent job as Dante. Um, and I think, you know, again, the the character interaction is to be expected at this point of, of just how, like you were saying, how natural they are on screen. But there needs to be more of, there needs to be more of that, I think, holistically. I think we need the whole family together or find ways to to actually make the 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 subplots yep. a little more like they matter. Um, I think yeah, exactly think would be they, the, they the, need the to goal. have. That is that is exactly it. it because yeah. again, going back to the the, the the analogy of the Infinity War, where yeah. your heroes are divided only to come together in the final story to you know be the heroes together. You know, I think that this is very fitting for them to be divided. But as I was saying, narratively, the subplots with these characters is so lackluster that it just feels like this movie is a Dom heavy movie, right? Yeah. Like their stories don't really matter. And that we were just constantly thrown into their stories just to remind us that they were still doing shit. So right. I, I totally agree. They need to matter that that's, that's, that's not on the acting as much as no, it is not at on all writing. Yeah, no, I think writing, the performances. Right? So, I think the performances were exactly what I would expect from this movie from from them. I I just think from a character standpoint, I wanted, I wanted them to to have a little bit more. They deserve better. Is is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they um, should have been written better and less secondary and and still yeah. as part of the family, if you will. Yes, uh, I am worried that that now this is that this is going to be followed up with two more sequels, where like this really. If they had just, if they could just it, nail the ending with one more, I think that would make this entry even better. But the yes. fact that they're going to try to stretch this out into three movies, well, I'm, is I'm really, really worrying. And on that note, I, I do not, I will wait until Universal decides to say that. Right yeah. now, Vin Diesel saying that says what he wants. It's kind to of say. like The Rock hyping up things before they even get announced and, and maybe they will or won't because they don't need three they can end with a follow-up to this movie um i feel like if they tried to do a third it would be a stretch because this is a perfect part one to a part two it's i think it's a very good part one to a part two yeah uh, i'm in two minds with the final rating so on the fast and furious scale 
I think this is one of the the better of the franchise. Um, I I would put it all the way at a four out of five on the Fast and Furious scale. If if this movie is within its own company of its own franchise, that's that's what I would rate it. However, in the world of movies in general, uh, this is a for me this is a, a three point five out of five tanks of Nos. Um, it's not a great movie, but turn off your brain, watch it with a big crowd, bucket full of popcorn. And I think you'll still have a pretty damn good time at the movies. Like, I, 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 again, it's, it's Fast and Furious. It's a Fast and Furious movie. And there are, for the, for the refreshing parts that work, they really, really work. And for the, for, for the rest of it, uh, just don't think about it. <laughs> if for that sure. Makes sense. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I, I think, I think the difference really is you're either, I, I think it's really helpful that you watched all. Uh, nine movies leading up to this because it does show a bit of a differentiation. You can be committed to the franchise for mm-hmm. 22 years and have a difference of opinion and know that when you're going into this movie, it's just for fun. You know right. what you're getting yourself into. Absolutely. Right. And I think, and I think for the sake of, of watching 10 movies ahead of this, um, you know, to kind of feel like, well, where's this story going to go? What is it going to do that's going to add different? Like you said, it's all melding together for you. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of it is, is, you know, I thought I saw this already and did this happen here or did this happen here? And, you know, right. was it, that in seven? Become, was that in eight? Was that in exactly, four? Exactly. Because it all becomes melded when you, when you watch them like that, especially for the first time, I can only imagine. Right. But again, me, it I felt I, like, it started feeling a TV, like a TV show. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like these it's like are episodes. Opera. It's like an elongated soap opera. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So, but you know, for me, again, a fan of this series for 22 years, you know, I think Fast Ten takes the adrenaline pumping action to a whole new level, and it really does begin the road to the end for this franchise. You know, from start to finish, I think this film delivers a you know excitement in and around its villain played by Jason Momoa. And I also think that, you know, bringing uh, uh, Luis into direct, he added that finesse and precision uh, to, to the action sequences and to, to navigate, you know, what is, as I mentioned, a very convoluted story with all of these subplots happening, but he did keep it centered on Dom. And I, and I imagine that that was intentional. Do you know what I mean? Like that was all intentional because he is, family you know he's the head of this uh, head of this family right <laughs> the main character um, i guess so I, you know i think fast 10 is is you know a testament to this the series ability to show us something you know new with its villain and and how refreshing that can be while also staying true to some of the core themes of, of family and loyalty and that is from both sides from the good and the bad and this thirst for speed and bullets um there's no shortage of jaw-dropping stunts and, and mind-blowing action sequences uh death-defying car chases through bustling cities like rome and gravity-defying jumps that would have massive explosion you know the film the film raises is raising the bar in terms of 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 spectacle um you know the returning ensemble cast was great in my opinion they prove that you know they are in fact a family and as they naturally find the balance between humor and and heart and as we mentioned jason momoa is a standout he is the most welcomed 
addition to this franchise. He strikes the balance between unhinged, psychotic, and it's just he's the perfect villain for these for these final this, these final chapters. Um, and and he's a he's a scene stealer. You know, this is part one of what could be two, and as we were mentioning, or three, if you're if you're listening to Vin Diesel, um, and that will close out the story of these characters. And like I was saying, this 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 film is similar to an Infinity War and Empire Strikes Back. The narrative is intentionally designed to conclude in a following story. Um, you know, that said, this film is far from perfect, as you said, Nate, uh, like most like most fast movies. But it's still a thrill ride that put a smile on my face. Uh, it's a love letter to the loyal fans who have been following the franchise for years, giving us the greatest hits with its stunning action sequences, ensemble cast characters and the Joker-esque villain. And it has a healthy dose of heart. Fast 10 cements its place as a must watch. I do believe this is a must watch in the installment of the Fast and Furious saga. My score is very much like yourself, Nate. Uh, I'm going to be giving it a four out of five tanks of NOS. Uh, I think in the scale of of the Fast and Furious saga, it's definitely a four out of five. Um, and then in the actual film, if we're critics, I don't really think of myself as a critic. I think of myself as more of a fan. Uh, so I'm going to be giving it four out of five. But you're probably right. People are going to be probably, like yourself, thinking more critically about it, are going to give it a 3.5 or lower. So I'm sticking with my four out of five tanks. Wow. He's not. just, you know, you never leave your family behind. I get it. I get it. You're, uh-huh. you're, you know, you're just, you're wearing the, the wife beater right now. We both are, actually, for our listeners listening. Yeah. We're both <laughs> wearing the, the cutoff shirts, I guess is what they're actually called. And then, yeah, they gave it to uh, us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they gave us the these, these shirts. Oh, it was great. We're, we're confident I, right now because I don't we're know not, if these are guns, to... but something's showing. Um, <laughs> before we, before we wrap up, I wanted to quickly just mention. So, you know, we talked about how this series is becoming very superhero-esque. You had mentioned prior to us going into the movie, you're like, it's going to feel even more Marvel. They're going to, they're really going to ha- you know, hammer home the, the Marvel-esque nature of it. And to a certain degree, a little bit of DC in there as well. Um, but I, I think uh, as they start to go more and more Marvel, Justin, I've already thought of the next Fast and Furious Presents. Okay, are you ready for this? So Marvel, by the time they get the second movie the second movie of the trilogy <laughs> the, the final trilogy out and maybe the third one out i think marvel will have capitalized on young avengers i think we're going to have the young avengers introduced into the mcu i think that movie is going to do so well for disney that universal is going to see that and they're going to say okay we're going to do it we're going to make a fast and furious legacy movie where han teaches now the older kids of the fast family we got brian we got jack we got mia's second son whoever that is we got nico we got sam hobbs okay and all of them are going to be in this sort of legacy reboot of the fast and furious franchise that sticks to the street racing okay are you hearing me and and uh i was telling my cousin this idea and he goes oh i already know what the title is uh so tim shout out to tim uh, he said that the title's The Fast Awakens. <laughs> and I want that movie so freaking bad. How incredible would it be, right? And you've got There's... Han returning just like Han returned in The Force Awakens. Like, it's perfect. I don't know. I guess so. That sounds pretty good. That's 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 uh, that's. Would good. you well, watch it? Uh, if... 
maybe. I don't know. We'll we'll see. <laughs> I like the idea of bringing the kids in and 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 that, but I think the reality is is that they had to go beyond street racing and yeah. that was always the implication in the first one uh, yeah. by uh, by kind of infusing a criminal aspect to it. Right. But there's also this this Robin Hood mentality, you know, steal from the rich and give to the poor. Right. Uh, you know, Dom was always giving back to his community. He was always giving back to to those that had less than him. Um, so there is a bit of that Robin Hood mentality. To say that street racing needs to go back to the core of it, I, I don't know. I think that's that's part of the origin story, right? Mm. But to say that, you know, and the 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 next spy team, if you will, would be made up of the kids of of the legacy characters. I love that idea. Yeah. And I think that is probably the most feasible way for you to tap into the existing audience, the existing mm -hmm. fan base of the fa fast saga while also striking, uh, you know, a new fan basis with, you know, a fresh start kind of thing. So I think yeah. that it's very smart uh, if strategy, if, if you will. So, um, well, with that lovely idea for a spinoff, uh, that does it for us. We hope you enjoyed this spoiler-free <laughs> review for Fast 10. Again, a huge thanks to our friends at Universal Studios Canada for inviting us out to watch the movie early so we could bring you this review early. Uh, and if you did enjoy this episode, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. And keep in mind, we also have a ton of other great episodes covering the latest in movies and TV shows and games, including our recent spoiler-free reviews for Star Wars Visions Volume 2 and our spoiler-free review for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is in theaters now and kicking ass. Uh, mm -hmm. We also have a ton of interviews on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash geekcentric, like our most recent interview with Chuck Woody Iwuji and Sean Gunn from... Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, both Nate and I had the opportunity to sit down with them in person in Toronto here and chat with them for a little bit. And we had a great time. We also had a great time talking about the interview after. So if you want to stick around, you can you can watch that. Uh, again, all of those are available on our YouTube channel. We also got some upcoming coverage for The Little Mermaid, Disney's live action adaptation, which is hitting theaters May 26th. We are going to have our spoiler-free review out uh, next week, but we will also have some coverage later this week uh, from a red carpet event. So stay tuned on our socials. Uh, we'll have that on our Instagram at We Are Geek Centric, on our Twitter at Geek Centric YT, and on our TikTok also at We Are Geek Centric. Uh, so be sure to follow us there. Follow us everywhere. Ring the bells. Subscribe. Stick around. It's the summer of movies. We are only really just kind of getting started. Um, and you know what? We're excited. We're excited for all the stuff that uh, summer of 2023 is going to bring. And, of course, it's all about family, Nate. Family. It's all about family, which is why this one is in the books uh, for a summer review. So, Nate, thank you so much for joining me for this spoiler-free review. And, as we say, family. <laughs> just keep saying it. Family, I love ya. Peace. <laughs>